are listening to KBOO Portland. The time is 7 o'clock, and next is Keeping It Real. Stay tuned, folks. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available by calling the station at 503-231-8032. Meetings will be held at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland. The Personnel Committee will meet on the second Monday of each month at 6 p.m. KBOO Community Radio is hiring a development director. This 32-hour-a-week position develops and implements the yearly fundraising plan, develops promotional and press materials, and supports the anti-oppression work of KBOO. Send a cover letter and resume to Delphine Crescenzo at del at kboo.org or send to KBOO Development Hire. 20 Southeast 8th, Portland, Oregon, 97214. Please answer in the cover letter the question, Why is KBOO important? More information on the development director position is available at kboo.fm slash development hire 2018. Hey KBOO listeners, this is Nick Deasy, and thank you for tuning in to Keeping It Real. Every first Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m., and every fifth Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. Members like yourself are what keeps this great show going. If you are not a member now, you can become one by going to kboo.fm. Thank you for tuning in. Destination of death When I'm laying the rest I'm only saving my breath The northwest fills the lungs Heals the pain in my chest Take six quarters out of the pocket And drop it in the box Hop the 48 off to pay homage It stops off and I jot my observations Watching citizens walking off Of the Joe Metropolitan yeah. Proletarians and wayward sons With old Filipino men Speaking in their native tongue And the day has just begun Greeted by the scent of a bum Smelling something like beer barf and dung A brother in Jabos in the back All alone there Marinating in a pair of half-broken headphones Mumbling rhymes, same time begin to pen mine Appreciating God's design Rewind system, reminds me of a smile in the back of my memory Wonder if I see you Alright, what's going on Portland? Welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Real Shout out to Nick Deasy, whatever you are I hope everything's going good for you young brother Today, we have one of the coolest guests we have had the pleasure of having on the show and she brought it back she enjoyed this so much (laughs) that she decided to visit us again (laughs) Miriam how you doing I'm doing good how about you Aaron how you doing tonight I'm out here getting old you know you know (laughs) don't be telling me that okay let's let's first (laughs) of all one of the oldest teachers in the school you know oh you know I am (laughs) oh takes me like 40 minutes to sit down and get back up <laughs> uh, so it's been cold out here i know is it me or is it like bone chilling no it i hope it's not just you because oh it's been God. it's been super cold i you know i want to be validated in how i feel like a i feel like i'm street mouse running through the street <laughs> trying to find like the Shut warmest up. spot like yeah it's pretty cold out that's there. how i have too i feel like I'm, I'm about to start showing up to work with my big old blanket like, <laughs> yeah it is. It's just I can't do this anymore. The little, you ever seen the the Lenny Kravitz meme where he was wearing like a giant? He was wearing like a scarf. He kept on trying to defend that it's a scarf, but it's a blanket. Trying oh, to make it look cool. Wearing, oh. It was a blanket. It was. A, we on, should Lenny. all just do that. Come on, Lenny. You know. <laughs> you know better. No, I would so wear a blanket like that. Now tell the media it's a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, shout out to Delphine. <laughs> 
always getting our back. Hi, guys. Hi, Delphine. Hi, I agree about the statement about Marianne being one of the best guests See? we've had oh so my God. far. Turn oh. up. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Appreciate you know, you. your your insights are just really appreciated. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Delphine. Thank you for that love. Thank yeah. you for what you do. We appreciate you, Delphine. Delphine's out here changing lives, people. Oh, come on. You're helping you are. me. Because we got like a bunch of uh, young people in here we yesterday. We got to get them here. Yes. D- Delphine, t- tell them a little bit. <laughs> tell tell our listeners a little bit about that experience. Well, you know, it's been four years that you and I have been teaching at Rosemary Anderson High mm-hmm. School. I'm part of what I've, I brought was radio and cable. And now it's turned into photography and video. And so the youth are just using, you know, a lot of the tools. But uh, every time I try to an opportunity I get I try to bring them here to Kebu so they get to see the resources and every time it's such a blast because there is something that happens when a young person is in a studio Mm -hmm. and when they learn how to turn on the microphone and Mm -hmm. how to record and so we had a couple of studios uh, reserved and they were they were busy they They did so well at a certain moment like Delphine and I were in the big room right with two of the kids and the other four were in a room, like going at it, like a <laughs> full-on show. They <laughs> yeah. had the plot. It was oh wow, yeah. They amazing. were recording a, a public affair talk show, and it had to be all positive mm-hmm. because Ebony would not go for oh. anything less than that. She <laughs> had a name for it. Yeah, she, we were writing on a proposal. We were working, we're working on, on a, that on yep. a proposal. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, like I think. I think what's uh, what it's awesome about having young people in this space is that young people are very familiar with radio, but it's a different kind of radio. It's internet radio, yeah. right? Very but true, it's the yeah. same kind of thing that happens mm. when we are here physically in a studio. But it's rare that they get transported into an actual, you know, place where it happens. And then when they see it happens, when they experience it, then something else, you know, really comes out of it. I think they're, you know, and then they know you are a teacher, Aron, yeah. and you have your own show, and you know, you invite them on so yeah i was looking forward to bringing them with me today you know um these kids were amazing um i think it's it was really cool to just sit back and look at how quick they picked up the technology you know it took me probably like what seven eight visits I, st- I still don't mess with none of the stuff the the boards and the mixers and all that but these little kids you. oh my god <laughs> delphine got me good and I stopped practicing. <laughs> mm, mm, but that's mm. okay because then you bring on awesome guests. Yeah, you know, you, you do other kind it. of work. Yeah, <laughs> see? And then, and then the kids, they were just over there yeah. recording. Like, yeah, they I got know, it. Alexa was over there making fun of me because, mm-hmm. you know... She, and Alexa, she is a natural because she showed up at the school. I gave her the recorder and she was just like taking it everywhere, trying to re- record like sounds of trees mm-hmm. and grass. And I was nice. like, you are a natural because you're trying so to find amazing. out what everything sounds like. That's what it means. <laughs> and then when she got into the studio yesterday, she made a mix. She picked several songs and she made a mix wherever she announced the songs. That's so she good. is a natural because I didn't show her how to do that. Yeah, Ale- Alexa is amazing. Yeah. She taught me how to play magic. No. Oh. You have a little I card know. game. Why? Yeah, I've, I've been destroying the students in that <laughs> game now. <laughs> Another. <laughs> See, I'm not one of those teachers who will be That's taking it happens. easy. We go at it. <laughs> we have fun doing it. I definitely, I definitely feel like Ebonique and Alexa, the two students you mentioned, are mm-hmm. my future presidents. Yeah. Like they are. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would, I, she was sitting right here, and she was telling me, you know, I see those shows, and there's just a lot of negativity. They're yelling mm. at each other. There's a lot of criticism. Uh, we got to be done with this. That's mm. what she oh. said. Mm. And she started on her soapbox, and I just wanted to tell her, yeah, I'm going to vote for you for president. Yeah. You know? She's Calling amazing. Like it is. She's, yeah. yeah. She's, she's ready. She wanted to address the use of the N-word. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted yeah. to talk about that was yeah. going to be one of the right. topics today. So I'm going to save that topic, Portland, okay. until she's on the show so yes. we could yeah. get her perspective too. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have her show Elevate. Elevate. Show. Hey, keep it, keep that in mind. It's coming. It's coming. We're working on the proposal right now. And it's from these young students' perspective. It's, okay. it's going to have nothing to do with us adults. 
so i think that's gonna be really cool that, that is so gonna be cool yeah so yeah. i'm I'm very excited for those opportunities yeah. and see none of that would be possible without you Delphine, so. well and none of it would be possible Delphine. without the listeners because mm-hmm. yeah you know whenever you make it happen yeah whenever you make it happen this is what happened right we yeah. spread the love we spread the platform and then we bring different perspectives for sure know? it's all about community so and i want to talk to you too about starting a show in arabic Ooh. You know, I've thought about it since we last spoke, and ah. yeah, I would love to. Yeah, yeah can I like be a, like a co-host? Like Absolutely, and, and like talk about stuff we used to watch and listen to. And that would be the best. Reviews. Oh, that God. whenever you want, you want to figure it out. Episode one's already decided, folks. Yep. See that? Yeah, see, we just planned the show. <laughs> you make it all happen, cable listeners, members. Cable, shout out to y'all. Thank um, you, cable. Thank you, thank you. So you know, Delphine. Miriam here yep. told me that she prepared a poem. Oh, oh! I can't uh, wait. I yeah. had no idea that she was a poet. See? One of her many hidden talents. Mm-hmm. Well, she is an amazing teacher. That's what I know. Because mm-hmm. I you. see her interact with our young people every uh-huh. day. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think like the energy that you bring and the perspective that you bring. Also, I love the other day I caught students teaching each other different words in different languages including Arabic because mm-hmm. they wanted to yeah. greet Miriam with Salam Alaikum and they taught and she thought she was being pranked and I was like you're not being pranked I remember these, <laughs> young, these young people have been teaching each other you know like different languages like you know uh, you know Tongva and other you know Arabic mm-hmm. words that they know so that. that they could impress you and I thought that that was awesome thank yeah. you so much and that's part of like I'm you know it's part of the the things that we've been discussing in language classes, what other languages do you know? Mm-hmm. And how do you treat also the the way that you speak with loved ones versus with colleagues versus, you know, as languages mm-hmm. and to respect them as such instead of, you know. So I'm really glad that they got curious. And I thought I was going to get punked somehow. <laughs> like just all of them in the corner say, Miss Mariam, come here. I'm like, nope. Like, uh, uh, nope, I know y'all. <laughs> I don't you know, know our you kids would do that. That's they the, would. They yeah, have you some vomit tasting jelly bean or yeah, what do you have Yeah, they try to get me with that too. <laughs> they like, got you want jelly that. beans? I was like, oh, wait a minute, let me see the whole container. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, those yeah. kids are hilarious. They are. So, Mariam, um, yes. do you happen to have that poem <laughs> lying around somewhere <laughs> somewhere around maybe here, like maybe. it fell off or oh just, funny there know, it is on my phone oh it appeared <laughs> on her phone it magically just we stumbled upon it in her phone <laughs> yeah. uh so i'm gonna give you the floor Go yeah ahead. thank you i'm actually really grateful for that poem it, it came to me yesterday and um uh, last night and at first so i'm i'm gonna just be be straight with it like at first i wanted to write and please, listeners, don't be offended when you hear this. I'm new here, and I wanted to write my diss poem to Portland. Like, this was going to be the diss poem, you know. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being um, gratitude for the people I've met here that have made me feel um, alive and wanting to be, like, alive with them, wanting to witness them and wanting them to witness me and to kind of feel like I'm I'm good here. I'm good, you know. Um, so this is what the poem ended up being. A couple, very quick note, there is one line in Arabic um, kahwa wa arak. Kahwa means coffee. Wa means and. Arak is a bomb drink. If you drink, mm. get you some arak. Okay, uh. that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, also, the poem is called. It's called Ihda, which means dedication. Call on me, stretch marked as sunrise. I am enough of a dark hole. I'm tired of poisoning myself with pigments to signal the galaxies. Crossing pavement, I felt my sneakers burn. Some meridian tucked to the rubber heart. Your words have been my only anti-lava lately. Steam rises in the emptiness you leave beside. The rain mirages concrete into ocean. And I doubt that I know the words at the back of my skull hidden from me. Everything I say is inverted, rains upward to the highest sky of my past. These footsteps, these footsteps, they mastered protest stampedes. Encyclopedias were undone with a finger lick. A people's history of paperless sunset. A broken heart tarot on Coney Island. Lungs and tongues, salons, music and wine. 
rosemary solitude, those undying hours and hours and hours. Why? Why all this work? This is my arabesque. The heavy references that light the design I served, a happy dust mite, and I still do. I do on unfamiliar plants and drip and contain myself again, and your eyes thirst for the soggy fingerprints afterwards. You know, you know the crumbling walls I come from, the interstellar dents I leave in this place, and I never mistook you once for a toothpick, something to unclog the semantics of love with. I saw you a string that plucked the cords of God in the forest and shouted, what was your name again? And I, a happy proton, did, and still do, carry the atomic weight of unsolicited wars and weapons tests, of badges of honor plucked just beneath the bruise, of makeup apologetics, of coward liquor, of books untouched or unwritten again year after year after year after year. My new stories and their dream of a common language are too far. Where are my new stories? Where are you, fam? Flesh and tongue. Kahwa wa'arak. And I'm down here thirsting, and your sediments lay familiar. And so, next to you, I lie. And so I run. This water crisis still calls, and I am unashamed in my folds, and staring at the shine through the slit. This black silt and blinding bone a single surviving genus of a gorgeous and quietly global herd. I await nothing. I await nothing? I don't know. I don't know anymore in the warmth of this subterranean campfire moment, making out with the steam, sharp and gentle, a lone star cries its weight into the coast, dripping its moonlight, and I reveal, and I decide, look, I belong. I didn't realize it was that long. Wow. That was great, first of all. Now I'm gonna let this simmer for a minute. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna let I'm gonna let people sit on this one for a second. Let it marinate. Okay. All right. Now I'm gonna ask you a question. Yes. What inspired that? I mean Um there are a few friends I've made here who really, I feel like they really came through. Um, and they wanted to see, I just think it's amazing what people can make of a place. Mm. And that's what it was about, you know, how the presence of certain people in your life can make a place so different, so ample with possibility and with presence and with wanting you to be here and with a role for you to do and with something for you to contribute back. Um, and it's amazing. I've seen, I feel like all the different cities I've been, at first I have, you know, whatever, my own angst or my own Amir, my own kind of mm -hmm. what's going on in relationship to it. But also it's problems, the problems of the city. Um, and then my, my, my taste and also my commitments begin to change by the amazing people I meet and how they make that space look so different to me. Mm -hmm. Look like, you know, I'm, there's a role, I gotta just roll up my sleeves and stop worrying. I don't have time to even worry. I got something to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of those people I met through our school, some I've met, you know, sometimes through our students, through a couple of friends I've made. Um, and it just, it was just a kind of literally like the word that dedication was dedication to them and how mm -hmm. they transformed that space for me. Like I've never, I love the coast, for example, I never put the coast in a poem, but yeah. I felt like I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to say, I love this place because I have purpose here because yeah. of the community you meet. Um, yeah, it feels is is uh inviting right yeah um, yeah you know and it it's funny when i think of kahoe and arak yeah know, that's that's community right there right kahoe that's coffee coffee usually yeah. drank in ceremonies with yeah. friends and loved ones yeah and so i think the fact that you utilize those two metaphors mm. um i think it ties a lot into the the powering community yeah you know yeah um that's dope you got a talent. I mean, Delphine is still blown away. I could, I could just see that back there. I was not expecting this kind of poem, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was your reaction, Del? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that it's um, 
uh, just like really a, ref a reflection of someone who loves words and languages, mm -hmm. you know, who likes to play with uh, significance and meaning, you know. And I'm glad that it started as, as a poem that, you know, was going to be more negative. Well, at the same time, you know, sad that Portland is a place, you know, because it's just I've heard your experience shared by lots of different people of color, unfortunately, who come here and feel like this is just absolutely not a welcoming place. But I'm really glad that then, you know, through that, you were able to find some relationships that then, you know, were just really meaningful and, and breakthrough relationship in your life. And then now you feel like you belong because <laughs> you definitely mm -hmm. do, you know, um, and, and we always do. I think that that is the issue really is. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, you know, helping the rest of the folks who are not that welcoming see that, you know, we all actually belong mm -hmm. <laughs> and they need to make space. That's for sure. Yeah. You're amazing, In Delphine. Thank you. Include <laughs> us. Yes. I like it. Thank you, Delphine. Now, I know I, uh, I had two songs that I, uh, chose and Delphine, uh, what do you want to play first? Um, let's see. You have magic, and then you have Bob Marley. I feel this is some uh, a Bob Marley vibe right now. Vibe. I think so. Okay. Uh, I'll go with the Bob Marley first, okay. and then we'll go. Cool. We'll play that with magic first later. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dale. Yeah. That was the one and only Bob Marley. The title of the song is Could You Be Loved? What a great classic right there. 
That's one of my favorite songs by Bob Marley. Now, we're going to switch lanes a little bit. Delphine, yes. you know, and, and, and Miriam, one thing we all have in common is we weren't born and raised in the United States. That's true. We true. come from different places, different parts of the world. We're taking over, people. That's yes. right. <laughs> no. Um, I turned off my mic with a laugh. This is my evil voice. <laughs> so the idea is that, you know, when you're a kid, there are certain memories that stick out to you. I distinctly remember running around outside, getting dirty, and then coming back home. And, you know, back in Yemen, like, it, it's hot. And so, like, your clothes and stuff, you hang dried it outside. And I remember I used to run through, like, the yard and, like, the sheets and stuff will be hanging. And I, like, <laughs> smear my dirty hands all over because <laughs> the moisture there felt really good. <laughs> That's a distinct memory for me. What are some of those memories for both of you? I'm actually, I'm so curious. Did you get yelled at for point? Oh, my mom used to chase <laughs> me around. Oh. But, I, you know, me, I was... I used to just it's a common thing in Asia, too. Bob and Weave, yeah. Uh, Who would like to you go first? Yeah, I, um, I was actually... There is one memory that uh, I've been telling the kids lately in, in school. The Well, the, the beautiful human beings that y'all are between childhood and adulthood. Um, but... So, I learned how to drum, like how to drum like a tabla kind mm-hmm. of by accident in a way. When I was younger, um, I was very musical. I've, I um, I taught myself the keyboard, and at some point I was learning the guitar, and um, I learned how to drum from uh, my older brother's best friend. Mm. He used to drum on the backs of cars, oh. and I would do all sorts of tomboy stuff like that, and mom would just be livid, livid at me. Like, my brothers can do it, you know? And that was one of those tomboy things where now there's a lot of, a lot of very talented, um, like women drummers from the from you know, um, I guess the the Arab world, North African yeah. world, and yeah. it's it's different now. And I think even now I know that there that's been around for a while, but I didn't have access to that when I was a kid. I just thought it's just the things dudes do, you yeah. know. But he would just I love the way he would drum on the back of like cars, and a car is so acoustic. There's so many aspects to it, and I learned from him. So it was just something you know I did over the summer, and in Egypt. Um, the class stays in place and then the teacher comes to you. There's there's no science room or math yeah, room. You're you like, stay in one place. Exactly. And they rotate every day. And they rotate, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you stayed with your class. Your class was your clan. Like, this yeah. is it, you know? This is the whole yeah, year. We together, got yeah. trouble together. Exactly, yeah. everything. Yeah. And we would do, it was an all-girl school at some point. And um, I switched schools a lot for a while, but it was an all-girl school. And we used to have, like, dance parties. Mm. And they knew they had the one girl that can drum <laughs> yeah. in the third class. Like there were every, every like, le- like for second grade, third grade, they have four classes. Oh, and third yeah. class was my class on that grade. I forgot what grade it was. Yeah. And Mariam can drum. So in between classes, all the girls would run to our classroom. We'd shut the door and then I would drum and it would be belly dancing all <laughs> over that room. Place. And then the principal would come in like, <laughs> I can yeah. hear you from the first floor. <laughs> so that was That's a happy great. memory. That is so cool. That is a really, really cool memory. I like <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> Delphi, what about you? Uh, let's see. There's lots of memory. What are you looking for? Are you looking for, because you shared something that's just more related to, um, you know, the um, the place, you know, and the weather yeah. and all. And mm-hmm. Miriam shared more something that was like, what are you looking for? What kind just of memories? Anything? Some that stuck with you. <laughs> yeah, that sticks out to you all the time. Well, I mean... You know, well, so maybe I could talk about like uh, <clears throat> a tradition that I did um, last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, that there's a lot of traditions, things that are, I don't know, I guess superstitions, you yeah. know, for some people. Oh, we have a lot of but those. But oh, yeah. you know, it turns out to just be like, you know, on that day every year you need to do this thing because this is how it is. Uh-huh. So yesterday in France is um, uh, a day that we call Sainte Barbe. So in France is like the... <coughs> Catholic calendar to celebrate a different saint or a different person from the mm-hmm. Bible or from um, uh, those kinds of uh, book um, every day. And so on that particular day, we end up planting 
um, wheat, like on cotton, like you plant it inside on a piece of, like in a, in a little plate, you mm -hmm. put some like cotton and you get it wet and then you put some lentils or you put wheat and then it's going to sprout, right? It's yeah. going to sprout really quick because it's warm inside. And, you know, I don't know if you're from the south of France, it's sunny, but if you're from Portland, it's not. It's but not, I don't yeah. know. We'll see how mine sprouts this year. But um, and then the idea is that by the, you know, the end of the year, if you have a nice bush then mm -hmm. you're gonna get money this coming year oh, but nice. if uh if the bush is you know <laughs> if it hasn't grown really much you know it, it's supposed to influence your uh, your Good economic yeah. wealth the following year well i'm gonna start doing that can i do it a day later yeah oh we too uh, late count? i don't know <laughs> we're gonna have to Try wait it. We, could, we could wait till next year <laughs> yeah and then um, from my Sicilian, so that's more something that we do. I don't know if everybody in France does, but I know people in the southeast part of France uh -huh. do it. Like the, it's a Provençal uh, kind of uh, tradition. And then from my dad's side of the family, we're Sicilian. And so on the 13th of um, December, we celebrate Santa Lucia. And mm -hmm. that is usually whenever... It's also a thing about money and prosperity and yeah. when we make... Um, either uh rice or wheat like that's cooked in sweet milk oh, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so it just says like also like if you eat that on that day it's supposed to like you know be a good sign i cannot nice. eat wheat anymore because you know i figured out i'm I have celiac yeah. disease so oh, i'm gonna okay. make it with mm -hmm. rice this year but mm. yeah so these are like some kind of like you know thing that that stick with me that because i'm by myself yeah. here you know it's like i'm just yeah. like by myself kind of perpetuating cultures. Right, yeah. so right. These are some of the things that I've chosen to yeah, kind of hold on to. That's amazing. Because yeah. of the traditions of like how it happened in my house where, mm -hmm. you know, right, right. we would like always like, you know, go and, and grow it. And, and, and it's a business, you know, where people sell this, you know, little packets of, of wheat and, mm -hmm. and lentils during this time of year. And you will like buy for like one euro and it's like almost nothing. And you're like, this is super expensive. But because I grew up on a farm, we had like all kinds of wheat. And so right. our wheat always grew you like much nicer yeah. than everybody. So <laughs> that's my so mom cool. just like that. Take it to work and show mm. it off. Yeah, that's pretty cool when you're talking about the saints even like, I know in right. our like traditional Orthodox right. church, they all, they always celebrate a saint, um, right. and each village dedicates like uh, a day towards that saint, mm -hmm. and they're known to celebrate it. So like one village will celebrate Saint Gabriel, right. the other will right. you know Saint Raphael, or so it's it's really cool um, mm -hmm. just to hear that that's going on around the world, and just yeah. that you know those are memories that you hold on to, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's and the little rituals cool. too it's beautiful like it's mm -hmm. yeah i had um my my dad was a practicing sufi so i kind of i grew up with an experience of saints which was unlike a lot of people i met in cairo but yeah it was kind of a similar thing and i love the resilience too and you carrying those like traditions alone mm -hmm. for a while like kind of i feel like a lot of traditions wouldn't have survived without people doing that like bringing that inner community and kind of you know um yeah. i've had periods of i feel a lot of people have had periods of especially if you're from if you live in a country different from the country of your birth and that really touched me when you said that yeah yeah I think that uh, at one point in my life I was the typical white person and I thought that I didn't have tradition and I thought that I didn't have culture because you know just like you know it's just so spoiled and privileged you just end up not seeing and you end up looking at other people and feeling that maybe they have something that you don't have and mm -hmm. you know coming here and you know being by myself and and you know deciding mm -hmm. like you know uh, there are things about american culture you know like i think from my yeah. it, for, for me because i didn't come as a result of my parents choosing to bring me here i came as of my own decision like i think it was you know a little bit you know of trying to reject where i was coming from because i think mm. i was trying i was you know like trying to um not like go away from problems but you know you're always trying to avoid like confronting yeah. you know exactly. what you got going on you're like i'm gonna go somewhere it's gonna be better yeah and of course it's not better <laughs> it's the same issues so then you're left with like realizing 
Yeah, no, in fact, I am spoiled and privileged. I'm I'm just, you know, am the typical white person who is refusing to see that that we have culture. And I think that it really is essential. I mean, not only it's helped me feel much better about myself and has brought right. a lot to my mental health and to my sense of identity, right. but I think that also it's helped tremendously in, you know, my relationships, you know? Because mm. yeah, sure. when you know where you belong, it's just very different. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, even, like, I can think back to when we were here yesterday and we were talking about, like, some of the things that we wanted to preserve, mm-hmm. you know, like the 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 recipes and the, you know, like the stories and things right. like that. I think that, you know, like there's always, you have to be in touch mm-hmm. with something that you're, you know, like that. That's yeah. a part of you because right. it, if you don't do it, then you're not centered anymore, you know. Yeah. And so I, I I really think there is a huge necessity for things like that in life. And we got to start making time for those things, just like we make time for self-care. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I think it's all about balance, you know. Um, kahwa and arak, y'all. Kahwa and arak. <laughs> Yo, like you could literally drop an album and call it Kahwa and arak and then just like plug it in right there. Yeah. You oh know? my God, that's <laughs> the best idea ever. Uh, I know we had another song. Um uh, <laughs> That song is by Magic. It's called uh, No Way No. Um, I like the vibe from that song. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to give it a try today. So please don't blame it, blame it For trying to be the one who could have it all And I know that it's stupid, stupid Telling you it's dark when you see the light And I know you ain't foolish, foolish Just give me one chance, I can treat you right
Yeah, Portland. That was magic. No way, no. I mean, I guess the song is self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful song. But it was a beautiful, beautiful song. song. I love the solo, the, the little guitar solo. You know, I always play the guitar in the air every time that solo come on, act like it's me. I can attest to that. I've seen it. Yeah, I, I the, do stuff. Air guitar. They be seeing me doing all types of stuff at work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're going to switch lanes because, okay. you know, we got to talk about everything. Uh, now, you are from Egypt. Yes. And I grew up in Yemen. Yeah. And one of the things that sticks out to me about like back in the day or just even growing up mm. in the Middle East mm. was how much Egyptian cinema dominated yeah like the industry yeah the film music yeah like drama all of that they dominated every mm -hmm. single like field right mm -hmm. um and it i mean it was like we used to wait for friday night and mm. thursday night because mm. we know there'd be we'll watch an egyptian movie mm. there were horror movies there were like action right comedies i mean you name it mm -hmm. and they excelled right um for somebody who's been exposed to that mm. and to Hollywood. Yeah. Bollywood as well. Uh-huh, yes. What what like what do you think of those when you like yeah. compare them or not even to compare to say this is better than that but just like what do you appreciate about those yeah. different aspects from different, you know, from different providers? For sure. I mean, one thing that I love about um, Egyptian cinema, and you know, I grew up just on Egyptian cinema. Like I was, I was fascinated by art and visual, visual, visual arts and mm -hmm. music and so on from a young age, and so that was always there. And then there's also like, at some point when um, somehow I became a nerd, I actually started to focus on Egyptian cinema. So mm -hmm. my last, you know, when I was doing my history degree, I focused on Egyptian cinema specifically. And one thing I like about it is just how complicated it is. I think like Egyptian cinema is a very complicating kind of issue um, and a success at the same time. So it's a product of, um, technically speaking, it, it's in part part a product of how British colonialism was different from French colonialism. Mm. Uh, the French colonies, when they left their colonies um, after like the, the different decolonization movements that we have we're grappling with till today um they were they used to burn the tapes that mm. especially happened in in algeria and morocco they would burn uh tapes oh, burn records yeah. burn um even like equipment um the british the, the british colony they uh didn't see that as very important yeah. in a way and that ended up creating the conditions for and even sometimes benefited profited from funding egyptian films and that ended up making egypt this like um Hollywood in a way among Arabic speaking yeah, countries for sure and the interesting thing about that is Egypt started to have its own sometimes until recently its own elitism in a way where like Egyptians are used to everybody knowing our dialect but we don't have to know everybody else's dialect yeah and I love that kids are learning they're very different now in Egypt because there's satellite you know from the 90s on yeah. there's been satellites and there's been the internet and there is mm -hmm. um, this whole idea of Egypt being the center is decentered in a way but that I think for me what I like about Egyptian media from 2000s on is that made it um, allowed for more creativity where you don't have to be Hollywood style anymore, mm -hmm. but you can actually talk about stories within Egypt. You know, you become particular again, mm -hmm. and there's a play in there. There's indie movies coming out. There is um, different kinds of stories that are maybe more nostalgic, mm -hmm. and it's actually about offering like, and some of it definitely is this romantic Hollywood vision of Egypt that people fell in love with and that right. filled a role in our lives when we were kids. But there's also a lot of really interesting stories that are coming out. There's documentaries and so on. Yeah. And I think part of it is, yeah, the international kind of market for, um, you know, more Hollywood type films or more festival films or whatever it is kind of influencing Egypt, but also yeah. Egypt being like, we're one among many now. So that opened the door for so many different right. ideas instead of just, we have to have the perfect dress and the perfect set and the perfect music and the, and the you know, yeah, the, the complete beginning, that, middle yeah. and end and the glamour, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's, that's huge because you literally just drop knowledge on, you know, like a, a huge chunk of history, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the idea is, what I'm hearing is evolution, mm -hmm. right? Um, For sure. As times evolved, people evolved, yeah. and so did the, the, the cinema, mm -hmm. um, picking up more indie roles and, uh, you know, like 
playing different types of movies even yeah yeah um, um at a young age we were exposed to a lot of egyptian comedy <laughs> uh, you know, I always bring up I do remember whenever I'm around you. Oh yeah, because you're somebody who just knows one of my favorite. You know that was my comedians. birth last name. Really? So in Egypt, my last name is Imam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was always so proud of that. Yeah. He, <laughs> so this guy is—he's probably to me he's the funniest actor I've I've, yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times, like when when that came on, even you know it inspired time for family. Like mm-hmm. we used to all, as bad as I was as a kid, mm-hmm. as soon as Adel Imam came on, we used to just sit down and tune in, mm-hmm. like, you know. And so, knowing that, I think always brings comfort whenever, mm-hmm. like, you know, now, like, sometimes you miss those days yeah. and you look back at those videos. Yeah. We still send each other, like, one line jokes from those plays and, like, you know, we still have inside jokes that people don't know. It. Exactly. Like, and those plays are from what, like the the sixties and the seventies and the eighties yeah, like, and the nineties. Like they're not. You know, it's, it's been a minute. It's not like uh, special effects or nothing. It's nope. literally like one background, black and white, and yeah, <laughs> it's just a group of people in there, and yeah, and they make it. They don't need all of that though. Like those are all distractions. Exactly. You know, it so takes true. away from that. It's so true. It, it makes you appreciate just the, the the art of even writing a script. Yeah. That detailed. You know. Mm-hmm. And the, the the idea of like freestyling, the idea exactly. of improv, you know, exactly. like these guys were great at improv, you know, geniuses, genius. And so that was the you know with the school of troublemakers, mm-hmm. the play from the sixties. You know, our students watched that with me. They did. <laughs> oh, I wish I was there for that. Because there is the part. So like for for those who know Arabic, if you might be listening, there's a part on the board where. Um, she's trying to dictate to him and he's supposed to write the whole oh, thing. <laughs> but he writes oh. only men and he takes up the whole oh, board writing Lord. men, which means from. Yeah. And they learn how to say, I'm man, yeah. Portland, I'm man, you know. So oh, I was showing them hilarious. how it's written and then I showed them that part. Yeah, that is so they one know. of my favorite scenes. It's, it's such a, oh my God. I mean, that whole play, it was, so I didn't know this about it until I got like into the nerdy stuff when I got older. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first plays in Egypt where they experimented with open style, just freestyle, just uh-huh. almost like sketch comedy. Like if you notice even some of the pranks, so the play is called School of Troublemakers and it's yeah. about a, a high school class that just never graduates <laughs> and every teacher every gets, fi- every teacher leaves and they get a, a female teacher and that's the first female teacher they get and she teaches philosophy. And they thought it was going to be so much easier for them to, to get out of female out, teacher. Yeah. And she ends up transforming them. Yeah. But in the process, they pull all these pranks on her where, uh, you know, <laughs> they treat the place like it's a shop or a coffee shop or they yeah. treat it like it's they're grabbing a cab. Like they keep on Im- reimagining the space. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. I was, yeah, like that That entire, it's funny because till now, like, on days where I just want to like keep low key, I'll play one of those plays because they're about mm-hmm. three hours long, and mm-hmm. that's a nice chunk of time to just disappear and just you know like. I do. I de-stress when like if I had something going on, like go on in the day, I will still play. It's a black and mm-hmm. white taping of a play, and yeah. I will still play. We still it. play and laugh like. You know, it's based on a movie that uh, was starring um, what's his name, Belafonte. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that until uh, there's another nerdy thing. It's it a movie about him being a teacher, mm-hmm. transforming like a class of, um, I guess, white kids that mm-hmm. like didn't uh, understand. Yeah, they didn't about, understand yeah. him. That, and he changes the whole class by the end of the year. And it turns out that the, I didn't know that this play was actually based Inspired on that, that movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember we used to do some of the, like the mischievous stuff. So when we were kids, we used to watch that play, and then we go to school the next day and uh, just give our teachers like, the <laughs> hardest time, you know. Do you I, remember, so what pranks you used to pull as a kid? Do you remember any of them? Oh, old? my God, yes. We used to do the little uh, spitballs. Oh, God. We used to, like, <laughs> oh, nail, no. like, we'd nail the teacher uh, sometimes. <laughs> like, we would go and erase all the names off of assignments. <laughs> Especially if we, like, were bombing it. Like, we do, hey, like... <laughs> You're not going to pass this. Right. So and might as well. <laughs> oh, everybody's coming down with us. <laughs> yeah. 
And school there was really hard, by the way. Like, yeah, was it? Yeah, mine too. You know, I remember pulling all-nighters in elementary school. Mm. Like, we used to stress yeah. about exams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when the war broke out between Yemen, uh, like the the civil war broke out in Yemen. Yeah. It was during like the week of exams. And oh, it, are you for? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, and the first day was the uh, the day of the math test. No. Yeah. Kids in the neighborhood wow. were happy that they didn't have to go to school to take the math True. test. <laughs> oh my god! And there's a I was like, war. do you guys realize it's a war? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, like that's how much school was hard. Yeah. But anyways, like that that's really cool. I think that you know you utilize something from childhood to yeah, teach yeah. today. You know? Yeah. And they like it. I think they see that joy too. And they started like a couple of the students, Alex Hirsch, and so they were laughing. Oh. <laughs> they started laughing. I didn't translate a word. They, and they're like, oh, we get it. They we get, get what, what he's, he's trying to do. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You know, like Delphine, one of the funniest things is like the kids will like run up. You know, it'll be a random. It'll be at lunch or like while I'm literally in the middle of like a lecture. They'll run in and they'll say, uh, like, which means are you good in Arabic? <laughs> and I'll be like, uh, yes. <laughs> like, and then they'll get excited and they'll run out, you know? Like they because don't even, they just learn how to say it. Yeah, they just yeah. picked up a new word. Yeah. Like, there's been so many times where they just came in and, like, they'll say something in Arabic to me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, that's really cool. And, you know, this is just, like, really awesome um, that Miriam has been, you know, come to the school. Because I think now it's allowed you, around to mm-hmm. actually be grounded in that language in ways that was a little bit more difficult. Oh, you yeah. You know, maybe yeah, for, for you sure. before. Yeah. I have this issue where I struggle with French, you know. Mm-hmm. I very much struggle because I feel a lot of the time people only know a few words and like try to start conversations with me but then they actually don't know how to speak it so then mm-hmm. I've just turned to this thing wherever I just ignore everybody who tries to speak French to me Yeah, because yeah. I very often find myself in those like, awkward situation where it's like why did you say this if you actually if don't, you speak, don't speak it <laughs> yeah. and so I find myself like you know, uh, uh, Jenny, who works at the school with mm-hmm. us, has some family members who live in France, and yeah. I think she f- is more comfortable speaking French to our students. And I, remem- I remember a time when I heard her speak French, and I was wondering, how is it that she is comfortable using this language that's not her mother mm-hmm. tongue and I'm not comfortable using my own mm-hmm. mother tongue yeah. and I feel that it's because of the alienating experience yep. when you are the one person and maybe you tokenize for it but when, when another person comes Shows in there's yeah. no more token yeah it's it actually like, is a real thing yeah. you guys are people with a language and isn't I that could amazing like, <laughs> yeah we could exactly. you know it's, it's really cool said. like that's that's yeah. a good in, it, the way you depicted that exactly, is yeah. huge right? absolutely because yeah. a lot of the time it's like you look at a, a, a situation where you're like ah they will know certain things you mm. know that we can talk about certain things that you know j- is just not known here right yeah and then it's like uh nope nope mm. <laughs> ah, you get the rug pulled from under your feet you know exactly and, and it's, it's tiring you know and yeah. when you actually have people like um, a couple of months ago, we had uh, two French politicians come through here, mm-hmm. and it was such an awesome experience. The three of us were just chatting, you know, yeah. uh, and just having such a great time. And you know, and some of the staff told me like, "Wow, it actually is a different experience to see you in your cultural in your element." element. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's huge. You speak differently. Yes. You yeah. you know articulate your body language is different. Absolutely. Things that I don't even realize that in fact we suppress mm-hmm. all the time yeah. about ourselves and who we are just to somewhat assimilate. I hate just that word. Fit, yeah, but yeah, just, yeah. just yeah. because yeah. otherwise it's pointed out, you know, and you're always the outsider. And, yeah. and it's 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 tiring also to feel that way all day, you know. Yeah. And I'm especially tired that you know, I'm a natural citizen, mm-hmm. which mm. I believe you might also be, and or, a, you know, someone who has a, a legal status. And mm-hmm. I think, like, it really is difficult for people to hear that they it, it's it's a struggle to go through this process. Oh, my Absolutely. God, that process is it's so long. It's grueling. It's grueling. It's yeah, tough. and then like. they ask you, do you want to change your name? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might actually end up doing it. Yeah. You know, so it, it's a really, really, like, and, and then I just feel like, why are you pointing at the fact that... That I'm an outsider when I spend so much time, energy, and effort to become an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just be? 
Right. Like so I, beautifully said. My, yeah. my so loyalty is here, obviously. Like you see me here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. But yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's it's really tough to yeah. keep on going to those. Yeah. You know, to those yeah. parameters. Yeah. Um, but you know, we still got love. We're still here. We're, we're still taking over. But love for people. <laughs> and take, we got love, and we're taking over. And we taking over. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you yeah. said about being like a different, like the, like seeing you shine through mm-hmm. as yeah, a man. you know. As a French-speaking person, like what that means, yeah. right? Yeah, I love that. Well, to our lovely listeners, I think it's about that time where we, uh, oh, boo. you know, time flew so fast. I can't believe it. Right? Like I just looked at the clock and it was uh, thirty, and now I looked, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's almost that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, y'all know how I always end the show. I always ask, what do you want to leave our listeners with before we say goodbye today? Oh, is that me? Yeah, I felt the first. silence. Delphine, I felt. <laughs> Delphine, you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. Um, you know, I think that um, it, what for me is so important is that people really, truly, especially folks here in Portland who are always uh, very uh, open about welcoming folks, that you don't just welcome, but that you also become part of Vic's experiencing differentness and different cultures. Um, I think knowing that different people are here is one thing, but actually experiencing what that is and what that feels for people who have grown up in different parts of the world and who are here for whatever reason they might be here, um, I think is just very important to consider. Um, You know, I I just think that we would be a much richer and happier community if all of us just felt, you know, fully included and integrated from the get-go. And I have to say I've been very lucky here in the cable community that, you know, this is an inclusive, accepting community, uh, but I still, you know, am... I don't want to say I'm the only French person, but I don't get a whole lot of other opportunity to yeah. be amongst, you know, yeah. um, uh, my fellow, um, I don't know, country, countries, folks. Yeah. yeah. Folks, the fellow, the, the fellow uh, comrades. Yeah. Comrades. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Del. Thank you so much for inviting me to participate, contribute so much to this show tonight. Hey. I was not expecting. You know, that was, we had to. I you know, that's, that's it's only right. <laughs> you know. I was saying in between, we're a good trio. I like That's, this trio. Yeah, I know. For I like real. It, yeah. Hey, from now on, y'all already know. So we're about to <laughs> switch this show around. We're going to restructure Nick. Let's start a different show. I'm kidding, Nick. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Go ahead, Miriam. Um, I think what, what I would like to leave people with uh, today are two things. Uh, the first thing is, um, you know, challenge the idea of borders right now uh i think that's a that's one that's um sometimes a challenge is a positive thing in someone's life and that's something to challenge right now whatever that idea means and whatever identifications and forms of love can happen through it uh they can also happen outside it and we need different forms of love right now that don't attach too much i think to um what we've constructed as borders different ways of looking at land and looking at each other's community and the second thing is, uh, you know, I work around a lot of amazing, amazing men, like amazing just givers and amazing people. And I think um, if you're somebody who gives a lot, um, it's just a random thing I'm gonna say, just a, a word from the heart. Um, make time to receive care. Make time to receive care. Make time to receive some of the gifts, just a, just a little bit of the gifts that you give others and see how much that will transform you, especially the people around me that I see give a lot. You know, mm. if somebody comes with care, make time to, to let that happen. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much, yeah. Miriam. Thank you, Delphine. I think, you know, I'm going to leave it at that. I think that, I'll, I'll, you know, there's nothing more to add to that. Yeah. Women are wiser. That's right. You know. I agree 100 know. and like 300 percent thousand <laughs> if there's a number <laughs> all right portland it's been real i'll see y'all next month Uh, no 
forth from Martin Luther King. A straight war zone detours through the concrete cranes and bulldozers. Know the hill is not over still. Everybody you are tuned to KBOO Portland. Dr. Zom Stereo Obscure. Offbeat sounds for talented listeners. Broadcasts every other Wednesday at 10 p.m. That's Dr. Zom's Stereo Obscura, every other Wednesday from 10 to midnight, here on your community radio station, KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor Shine With Q, 15 years on Sunday, December 9th at 10.30 a.m. at the Portland Marriott downtown in Portland. Shine is the annual brunch and fundraiser for the Q Center, a place of resilience, strength, and love. This year marks 15 years since Q Center began serving the community. At Shine, there will be a cabaret, brunch, and honoring of Q Center heroes. Again, that's Shine With Q, 15 years on Sunday, December 9th at 10.30 a.m. at the Portland Marriott. 1401 Southwest NATO Parkway in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm at the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Good afternoon. I get home from school.